0: Broadcasting from a dark basement office. The FBI's Most Unwanted presents The X-Files Podcast. Here we go. What's going on, man? We are diving back into some X-Files. Back Nisei. To some, or Nisei or Nisse.
1: Nis- I don't know, you're the... You're <gasps> Ask your people,
0: bud. I, I had a conversation <laughs> with him and I was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we have the late stage Tom Hanks from Philadelphia and we're putting him in this van. <laughs> 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 that late stage Philadelphia Tom Hanks, dog. Mm. Come on now. Full blown. Full blown Tom Hanks, Philadelphia, mm. end of the movie. <laughs> in the suit, put him in the thing, put him in the thing for experimentation. He has no more honor. <laughs> How did he Been. get in that movie? Was he um, indulging in um, the dark arts?
1: Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, up.
0: intravenous drug use, guys. Okay. I'm not making any suggestions that different sexualities than my own are, quote, engaging in the dark arts.
1: <laughs> Been a minute since we did uh, mythology, though, huh? Dude, I know. I'm coming into a two parter. Uh, unexpected. Yep. Unexpected. I guess our last one, right, is the, the three parter that bridged season two to season three right and so. asazi stuff there right yep yep blessing way paper
0: clip yep I, I had those around
1: the tip of my tongue swear to god dude <laughs> coming coming back to it coming back to it so uh let me uh let me throw this let me let me saucer this puck over to you bud it better be listen can you keep it on the ice because if
0: you fucking saucer it i'm gonna miss i
1: gotta, I gotta get it over the d-man stick right?
0: <laughs> If you can put it on the tape, it's going in. But the bully <laughs> boy says otherwise. <laughs> so hockey analogies go. Put it on well, the tape. <laughs>
1: I'll bang it in. <laughs> I would. I would ask. Um, do you remember this part of mythology, or if you even if you don't, what do you what do you think of it coming off our most recent recollection? We we were pretty high on mythology when we talked. Yes. that's three-parter. We we kind of went back and we were like, you know what? We don't give mythology enough credit, especially the early season stuff. Mm-hmm. Are, are you are you still feeling high about it? How do you feel about this one? So
0: I like this episode, but I don't love it. Um, but I do like it a lot. So there's that. So I don't know if that's going in the goal or if hitting the crossbar. Maybe I wanted to lift it over that fucking pad a little too a little too high. <laughs> but um, caught that on the blocker pretty easy. But blocker, yeah. yeah, in between blocker and leg like fucking grits. But no, I um. It was pretty interesting. Like, I like the—I like—I think David Nutter is a really good director, and that's kind of what I focused on a lot this week. To be frank, I did have to watch—now, for the record, if you were in the uh, in the pre-show for the live, you heard me tell a tale of exercise injury, which I will not repeat here. But that said, for those of you who are cool enough to join the live show or able enough to join the live show, um, I talked about— um, about my day, and I did watch it today, so I do have to warn you that there were moments of snoozing <laughs> and going <"Siii!" laughs> so I had to I had to back it up and I had to start it over again a couple of times, but I did watch the entire episode. So I did miss a couple things on the first go around, and I was like, okay, wait a minute, what's what's happening here? But here's what I like about this episode. I think it's paced very well. It doesn't linger on anything for too long, and I don't even mean that in a bad way. Um, I like, I like the transformation of Scully's flippancy, making jokes about snake oil to really wanting answers when she's being presented with things she's not sure about. I love the, I love the thematic sentence at the end of this episode, which is believing is easy. I just need more than you, Mulder. I think that's a really, I know that I know that sounds basic and, but I'll tell you, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. <clears throat> Um, you know, believing is one thing. Ev- you know, the the whole point of believing is not requiring the evidence, or maybe that's faith. I'm not sure. Not a not a theologian drink,
1: but believing you're ready for those single leg deadlifts.
0: <laughs> single leg, yes. Not single leg, no. Single leg, I was, dude, I was on cloud nine. I was like, Daddy took two and a half months off. He's good. Yow, no! <laughs> yowie. <laughs> First thing I did is make sure my dick still worked when I hit the ground, because <laughs> if not, I'm just putting that fucking kettlebell right on my neck. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wrap your mouth right around that, that exhaust pipe. It's close by. I couldn't even get in the car to start it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: where a remote star comes in handy. <laughs> and
0: then you just hit the button on the garage door. Shots. Sh- 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 <laughs> I get real woozy uh but no um who man temperature goes up quick when you're on the bully but um no it was um it was enjoyable, but it didn't knock my socks off okay yeah
1: <laughs> hot take hot take hot take <laughs> so little surprise I remember this one you know fairly well nice thinking I was gonna come into it with a with a pretty solid like and yep. uh I found myself getting a little more lovish yeah i got fuck yeah dude, up, that's man. awesome there's some shit in this that i'm like cuz what i was remembering was like all right train cars alien autopsy cool like yep all right that's that stuff's pretty neat but some of the cloak and dagger shit here i was like fuck the molder
0: shit the the molder harbor extended sequence through multiple cuts is the best is is the show to me is the episode that's what makes it really good to me I, well, I just love that kind of shit.
1: Yes, yeah, I, I like the process, man. Like the the Japanese diplomats, like dude. when that's mm-hmm. when that's an obscure thing. When they when they open that briefcase and there's satellite photos tracking ships, cool, and there's right? there's a list of names of MUFON members. That is the kind of like I just my my spy shit got tangled. I, I just gonna love, say
0: that's spy craft for days, right there, oh,
1: dude. I love that. That world, I love spy thriller movies. You know the the ones, not the Mission Impossible. It don't get me wrong, I love Mission Impossible. But aside from the first one, those are much more action movies than spy for, movies. For sure, yeah. But like Spy Game and and shit like that. Some of my favorite, um, outside of like DD and and Star Wars, my favorite um, role playing shit. Some of it has been in the spycraft world. Those kind of spy games. I love that shit. I love the cloak and dagger. Um, and I like the, what well, you said, the pacing, the slow totally. reveals and, and the, you know, what's going on with this and how the glimpses you get, probably one of my least favorite things is that you just literally straight up seeing alien face in the, in the, you know, pre-show pre-credit sequence. Oh, old oh, late film, Tommy Hanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking bad. I mean, I thought the green blood and the whole thing was enough. I didn't need that, that, uh, that straight up shot, as they z- bagged them up. But I like the, the trying to figure out the different factions here. And it's like, wait a second. So if these commando dudes are, are they part of the government? But then if, if oh, they're the part harbor. of the government, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And, and then and probably presumably the same guys that go in after the, the doctors performing the autopsy, you know, then if they're the government, then who are the Japanese guys they're on your soil? You know, the, the unknowns and what they play with and the teasing it out, I really got into I, I really know. found myself digging it.
0: Awesome, man. I dude, your excitement is is has got me titillated, to put it mildly. All right. I like that. Yeah, I like that. We we might have one of those I don't know what episode we did. I think you were like and my, my enthusiasm I think brought you to love. And I'm not beyond convincing because okay. I don't really have this honestly i know this sounds really dumb just the circumstances surrounding my watch are a bit fucking stupid and it was a anno- it was just a, a just a, a bunch of annoyance around this watch which sadly does affect the way you can or cannot talk about something like matt and i have talked about this and i'm not sure if you and i have josh uh, although we have before we've talked about like you know a peek behind the veil here we've talked about like man i really don't want to do x files tonight Because I got shit going on and you're like, yeah, me too. I got shit going on or we're swamped or whatever or something weird's going on in our personal lives. And then we do it and we're like fucking so happy we did it. So happy we didn't bail, you know? Yeah. And then, um, and then that's, you know, Matt and I've had that conversation before, something crazy going on in his life. And, and it's funny, we we actually had that on I Am Mother. He was like, he actually texted and he was like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I I just felt off. And I was like, well, because I even said it in the after show. I was like, hey, buddy how you doing? (laughs) He's like, oh man. (laughs) So like, you know, you have those times and like, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to create a framework around my open-mindedness to this particular episode. Um, Now I do have very little of the sequel. And my question to you would be, does does you, does your knowledge of the outcome help color this particular episode um, that might not be a fair question cause it's going to be hard for you to separate them. Right. But I'm just curious about that.
1: I, I gotta be honest. It, it kind of, I, I don't, f- I think it colored my impression going in
0: as, a, it, a, oh, oh, but but as worse than better.
1: Yeah. I think I was kind of like, yeah, I remember this arc. Like it was a co- cool, it was all right. Like there was some cool shit here. And I, I just kind of enjoyed more of the details of this one sure. than, than I expected. And I kind of just got caught up and just watching it. Um, Cool, man. My That's circumstances at the watch were probably better. Like, I had, you know, it was kind of mellow late night. I threw it on last night. <laughs> Three models feeding me grapes.
0: <laughs> a dog at my feet. I was getting fucking tons of zeros in my bank account, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile,
0: I'm pissing my pants in the garage
1: floor. <laughs> <laughs> Just everything's, really like, coming up roses recently. <laughs> everything's coming up millhouse. But, uh, yeah, I dug it, man, and that that spy graph shit—that's the stuff that I—I I, that I didn't remember the most of, of how how cool that part of it was. And uh, man, I love when X Files does that well. I mean, the cloak and dagger shit is always there, but you don't always have that. You know, when when you say spy, you immediately like your mind—at least my mind—jumps to like international intrigue. Indeed, and that's, you know hmm. what it jumps to:
0: Manila folders with satellite images Fuck, and dossiers, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And, yep. and 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 dead drops and tailing cars,
1: and just all of that shit, man. You know, and, like- and ah, claims of it. diplomatic immunity and international incidents and like, oh, oh, shit. There is something
0: going on as you're talking and how I'm feeling. You know, there's, I told you how I just love that Mulder scene. Like, I've been watching the show Mindhunters. I think it's very, very, very good. It details the, behavior, the beginning of the behavioral science unit for the FBI- and they go and they ask famous and notorious serial killers. They just barrage them with questions while trying to make profiles on them so they can catch future criminals. That's the plot of the show. It's fucking great. And um, they get mixed up with this this Atlanta monster guy who killed all these like young black children in Atlanta back in like 1970. And dude, when they start when they get a lead on this guy and they start hunting him, that fucking adrenaline, I feel it sitting on my couch. Like, they start tripping him up with questions. They have to let him go. They start tailing him. They start getting information. I love that feeling of, ooh, I'm going to catch you, bitch. Mm. That is such a great feeling. Like, the way you describe the spy thing, that, like, for me, it could work in a spy setting. The hunt. You know, I like that. But I also like the flight. Like, Ethan Hunt, the flight, getting away, outsmarting the guys chasing him. I like that, too. That's something that's just so cool about it. And, um, and that's here. Like, I love him hot on the trail looking, he gets in the boat, he fucking, he, he blows by that captain. Uh, you see the captain in the boat? I don't know. But, and then when he's in there looking around finding shit and you're like, they film this on a boat. I love that. It, it's just cool, man. And then, yeah. you, and then, and then the, the, like you said, this, these tech guys show up in sedans. So right there they're cruising very, uh, on the sly. Yeah. And then when the tables are turned and he has to run, I'm like, God Damn. Dude, it's it awesome. With and yes, hot psychologist the- and mind hunters. Very sexy woman.
1: I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that show. You know, I'm terrible at TV. No, it's and cool. Yeah. Brief side note, like, talking about being behind on TV. I just started watching, uh, the only thing I've been watching, uh, I, I watched sons of anarchy over the last <laughs> month or two. Oh, and yeah. just a X-Files shout out to Mitch Pileggi, who plays a white supremacist on the he's show. So terrifying that and, fucking show. Dude, the mayor is bare from ice. How insane is that? I almost shit my pants. Yeah,
0: that guy got some good TV work, man. He, fucking he really RoboCop did. is in it. I was like, dad, you should watch it. He's like, I lived it. I'm like, oh, please.
1: <laughs> just fucking watch it already. We get it. You weren't a bicycle gang. I, I got to be honest. It, it became so grueling. I, I Too much? It, it became Yeah. It became yeah. just literally like, it was like an exercise in like how much can we make the audience suffer. I tapped out Ugh. at the season finale of season six. I'm like, I'm not. I didn't even the get that season. far. I didn't I'm like, I'm far. not. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's, I that's d- funny.
1: <laughs> I started watching Outsider first couple episodes. In oh like, right
0: on. That's some white wolf shit. Yeah,
1: love it. <clears throat> anyway, um, back to this. And yeah, and, and talking about spycraft shit, jumping onto the top of a fucking dude. Running train,
0: dude. God how about just unhooking? this is what I love about David Nutter. The, the opening of this episode, number one, just the, the, the guy like waving to, like, there is something, I just love this shit. This is him waving to the kids, this guy on the train. Now, mm. in his defense, he may be none the wiser, but it's tough to say, right? It's tough to say he's none the wiser. I like to think he's part of this. And just him casually waving to the children, as he knows he has this insane fucking cargo that he then disconnects. And the transitory, is that a word? Shot from day to night and the cart's still there you're like fuck this is dope and the cart is like stainless steel looking it just sits there with this giant fucking number stamped on the top of it it's so much patience in that whole sequence exactly and the sedans at night with the it's like this is very much um it, it feels like if michael man did spycraft almost you know it's cool like
1: i just really slick yeah i love it yeah, this uh this autopsy thing, the setup, Ooh. the setup is almost better than the execution, but it's you great. might be
0: right, actually. Um but the buildup is so good and Japanese used all bowing to each other. Hey, what could he
1: yeah. I mean it's like, wait a second, we're in middle America here, right? And then <laughs> right. These, these like, you know, snazzly dressed like Japanese gentlemen show up and you're like straight what? out of
0: the eighties. These look these fucking Japanese
1: businessmen, right? Yeah.
0: Sony. <laughs> the fucking Nisei. That's like um I believe that means um, American-born
1: Japanese, like second generation, right? I think it means any, not just American, but- uh, Any any country outside of Japan? Born to like Jap- two Japanese parents. So like- I see. Okay. Got Japanese me. people that move are to another country are called Isei. I saw that. Yep. And then if they have a children somewhere else, that like second generation is called Nisei. Roger that. I'm surprised your people didn't tell you that.
0: Uh, well, we've been out of contact for
1: a minute. Mm. Understandable, yeah. Um, th- these, are uh, these I recently
0: watched Pearl Harbor, and I was like, I would, I would kill twice as many troops if I could re- remove the memory of that movie from my brain.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> Just
0: kidding. <laughs> too much.
1: Oh, I hate that fucking movie.
0: Too 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 much. Was that a little too much?
1: No. Too I much. No balance.
0: I would have wished my grandfather death at Pearl Harbor <laughs> if I could never see that movie. Joking, R.I.P. Granddad, love you. Glorious death on the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like have, catching a bomb on the deck of the fucking Arizona.
1: Anyway, he might have preferred it too. Um, <laughs> while we're talking about our little uh, autopsy scene here, <clears throat> let's uh, let's take Trini Martin back to the tack corner.
0: Jeez, where, where are we going? What part of the tack are we hitting? Because we got a lot of issues.
1: Well, training Martin, sometimes it's important for us to uh, to talk about uh, enemy TTPs and <laughs> to, to look <laughs> I mean at too. the activities of, of some of these uh, forces we might be opposed to. So uh, were you leading one of these cells and your job was to infiltrate a uh, enclosed rare, railroad car, boxcar, uh, with, with no secondary exit? For unarmed men, I'd like you to describe the best way to go about securing... And uh, eliminating that threat. Eliminating
0: the men inside the boxcar?
1: Mm-hmm. Boy. The uh, four unarmed elderly Japanese men with what? no exit. <laughs>
0: this is an honorable death.
1: <laughs> is it? I mean— So,
0: listen. I mean, I got a couple. Do, do I care about the contents inside?
1: Uh, yeah, they're extremely valuable. <laughs> they're literally the reason you're there.
0: Okay. Um I probably just post up around it and <laughs> shoot the fucking balls off them as they come out.
1: Mm, nope. You want to get in there and just with the oh highest-
0: okay. I get it. I'm not being sarcastic enough. All right, here's the move. <laughs> okay. Number one, I don't think dynamic entry is an option as there's only one way in, right? Sure. I have I have I have this one element with me. Correct. Th- you, you
1: can say that there there are other teams locking down the perimeter.
0: All right. I'm thinking we go with the, uh, I think we go with a COD midnight strategy, we call this. So I think every one of the members of my team element uh, are going to deploy non-lethal flashbangs. I'm talking a dozen or so. Just keep throwing them in there until their (laughs) eyes and their ears never work again. Then once I know my men are safe and um, and, and all that stuff, we roll in and uh, probably... I'm thinking, much like the OK Corral, we go abreast, and I'm thinking probably for training purposes, instead of shouldering our MP5s or whatever we have, that we just hip-fire, just
1: shoot it all.
0: Right. I mean, Again, open ex- fire and continuously— I'm talking—I want to dump three or four mags a man in this building.
1: An important note to make sure you're trained man of training is that operating a submachine gun— is very similar to operating a fire extinguisher. Yes. <clears throat> you just want to hold the trigger with a spray. sweeping motion. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally.
0: Yeah. And I'm thinking a totally full automatic, but but I'm really insistent on deploying non-lethal uh, flashbangs and, and stun grenades. I mean, I'm just talking light them up. You know. <laughs> Good. I'm sure Good. the concussive force won't do any damage to sensitive autopsy equipment right.
1: or oh, or the the victim itself with that yeah. with that. <laughs>
0: purposefully aimed, hip fired, full <laughs> auto. Yeah, because I'm thinking if they're all waving their hands around, oh no, like that, and they can't hear or see, they'll be much easier to shoot from the hip <laughs> by dumping repeated mags of MP5 at them.
1: And, and again, being completely unarmed, there's really no better way to take them out than than this. And don't forget, you can get two ranks, you know, much as if we were fighting in Napoleonic... I was just going to uh, say, English regulars. <laughs> regulars. yeah.
0: I mean, you take a knee in front of me. I shoot over the top of you. We we we, we rotate as I reload, which is continuous fire.
1: Yep, it's good, it's good. And make sure, you know, the, the one note, I did see a guy actually raise his weapon over the head as he as he turned past one of his compatriots. I was like, all right. Well, the other it,
0: option it, is- Don't see and, that too often. And, and just because the irony is not lost on me, but I'm thinking maybe what we have- is we have somebody from an elevated vantage point with a M2 Browning, and maybe they give us a base of fire, <laughs> right? Their base yeah. of fire can suppress these helpless old Japanese men. And then under that base of fire that they're firing, that we can move into that firing solution
1: during the base of fire
0: while hip firing after throwing stun non-lethal tear gas and flash at them.
1: Never, never forget the suppression. It's key. It's key when dealing it's, with it- a fire team of elderly <laughs> Japanese doctors. You always
0: want to suppress the shit out of your element by blowing them all away in the back as they go through the entrance you're suppressing. <laughs> I think that's going to be a fun letter to write to their families.
1: I like it. I like it. Well done. I'll right. uh, give buddy. you a B plus. I'll take it. Uh, you know what? I, I like the video even more. The, uh, the autopsy even more rather is when it's the video
0: version. Dude.
1: Yeah, man. This is actually pretty cool, and I love Mulder's breakdown of it it 's awesome
0: yes i uh, I like the idea of well, it looked so bad that he he 's almost saying like no, they 're not going to dress it up. They dressed it up for t v the the one you saw on the Fox network, I like that joke, by the way, yeah, nice little dig, mm-hmm. but yeah, he said you spent money on this twenty nine ninety five plus shipping,
1: yeah, nice um, little
0: porn joke slipped in there, of course, absolutely, not your normal entertainment. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, I, I like, I like that and it's because it doesn't, yeah, because uh, he says something like, what what does he say exactly? I don't remember the line, but he said it was, it was so fake precisely because it tried to show too much. Right. Right. And that's just a cool and interesting way to present the evidence. And this,
1: the 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 striking, I should say, the striking lack of detail here is what he finds interesting. Yeah. Right, and, awesome. and then the finale where it cuts off. And the idea that this was boosted off a satellite feed at two in the morning by some random guy in Allentown, Pennsylvania. PA. And uh, clearly that's where the FBI goes because they don't have any other crimes to worry about than <laughs> tracking this down. Well, yeah. there's like a freelancer inside the FBI.
0: Dude, I know. Like, oh, we don't have PC. I mean, oh, I guess they do. <clears throat> when, the, when you realize the door's open, I guess he can go in.
1: Oh yeah, to uh, Rat Tail Productions there. Yeah, I uh, th- thought that was like a bad porn studio. Yeah, yikes. Yeah. Hey girls, don't go to that one. Don't go to Rat Tail Productions. I don't care what
0: he offers you on Craigslist. <laughs> hey girls, definitely don't that. Also, probably just do it in the comfort of your own home.
1: It's safer. Yeah, and and kind <clears throat> of the uh, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit a little bit movie or TV in this case, like the the zip tied guy with the pillowcase over the head Dude, and the fucking like headshot. that's fucking dark that's dark for x files like
0: you don't we don't come upon a man who is executed zip tied i mean literally this is textbook execution right and i like the idea of that and then this guy's on the scene this kind of boxy looking fellow
1: the uh japanese gentleman the japanese diplomat what a surprise he knows karate (laughs) i was like come on now In I guess the, uh the whole thing with Mulder getting his gun kicked away and then pulling the ankle, up a piece hoster. out of it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, according to uh some notes from BP, this was kind of like a a little bit of an inside joke because there was so much um kind of playful derision from fans about how sure. often Mulder loses his gun. Yeah, dude. That's <laughs> that they awesome. were like yeah, he's he's learning.
0: He's learning. That's awesome. Moxie says she has a friend from Allentown. This episode's her claim to fame. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat>
1: Aaron Fallon from from PA says uh, Allentown doesn't have much going for it. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah,
0: just murder, just executions, man. Yeah.
1: yeah, but here, this is where like I, I'd love. This is what I'm talking about. The 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 spycraft kind of like the plot thickening kind of shit. So yes, yes, okay. Uh, this was a mail order video boosted by satellite. Well, okay, like that's fucking weird. Like it does. It is kind of crazy that a fake alien autopsy video would end with like a tag team running in. But then when Mm -hmm. they go to check it out and this guy is clearly like executed in a very professional way. And then there's a a well-dressed Japanese guy and they fight and, you know, then Mulder gets his briefcase. With his attache
0: case. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then once we get to the contents, like I talked about, I thought for sure that those were satellite photos of Pearl Harbor for a little revisit. Oh, cool. Do, Do you think they are? No, that was a joke. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Are they They're, slipping props in? I don't know. You know like the Japs are coming back to <laughs> I, totally, finish the totally.
0: job. I get it. I get what you're saying.
1: Okay. Yeah. they we <laughs> yeah. They were, in fact, as we learned from Lone Gunman, tracking a ship. The uh, what's it called? The Tartarus, I think. T- t- Tella tap- tapioca pudding or some shit? Yep, that's it. Uh um, it begins
0: with a T, for sure. Yep.
1: But it's but, pretty cool that they like yeah. they show it. They show it tracking through the Panama Canal and whatever. But and then, first, you got—and I, I and not that we care about really sequential stuff, but
0: you must have been pumped for the uh, arrival of Skinner because I was over the moon.
1: Oh, yeah. Skinner's good. saying, hey,
0: I'm trying to keep you guys from getting uh, fucked here. And he's like, well,
1: I did just get the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> I like Skinner back, too, and this is the great shit early seasons when Skinner goes from, you know, being a key ally to not— <laughs> Adversarial straight out, but you know the most help he can give is basically like shaking his finger and like that's it. He's not involved, and I just like when he's back to like this is their boss. He's gotten mixed up with shit with him before, but this is some shit he doesn't want to get involved with, and he's just straight up telling Mulder like back off, right out out of your element, out of your league. This is diplomatic high level shit. You're going to cause an international incident basically like me. Eh. Totally. Yeah, dude. And, and he delivers that well. He's just such a good, like, you know, it's tough dad. He's a tough dad. He is. And
0: again, every time he's on screen, he just sort of captures it. You know, he just, yeah. he just, he has gravitas and yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad Mitch Pleggy continued to work after X-Files. <laughs> as as the leader of the Nords instead of anarchy <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. just anything. Keep doing it, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: Did Frohicky kill a hooker to get the outfit? Aaron asks. I was gonna say, man, he looks like a like he might be a piano player from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: this is this him? He was hoping Scully was gonna show up, really like, yeah. dressed dressed to impress.
0: <laughs> he was in one of those like you know they have like the the fucking walk-in closets with the three mirrors. He's like really <laughs> thinking. He's like, I think the barbarian affectations really gonna work. She's gonna. Since my primal nature and the animal attraction will be just too much. (laughs) Nope. That's not what's going to happen. You're going to go King Richard's fair and watch the mud throwing contest. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was going to be part of of it. I can dig it. (laughs) Yeah. He's a daddy. Daddy for sure. I didn't know know what daddy meant. And I was like, and and now I know. I was like, that's kind of offensive. But no, I get it. I get what you're saying. Like a sexual kind of? Yeah, I get it. I, I didn't know. Okay. Because, uh, no, because once upon a time I was like, I don't know if I really want a girl to call me daddy. And I was like, Ooh. wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang
1: on. Yes, I, yes, I
0: would. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what that means? Yep. Not what I thought it meant. Not like, wait, what? It's just like a, yeah, I'm not going to go there. But mm. another amazing thing that Nutter does in this movie is his his execution, like backseat rear rearview mirror shot. The face coming out of the shadows Mm. The, the way they shoot up over the top of, man, it's just badass. They roll the cam. he rolls the camera over the top of the vehicle through the back window. This is the shit that blew my mind watching this up. I'm like, this is different. This is a different guy. Yeah. Like he's he's in the zone right now on this
1: shit. Yep. And that, that face like right before that, when he sits, the Japanese diplomat sits in the limo <laughs> and the guy leaning forward out of the shadows, this guy, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's credited as red haired man. Um, but he's oh, got okay. a re-
0: that's funny. Yeah. He's, he's got a fearsome real looking dude.
1: Yeah. He's got, he, I think he's, uh, share some blood with Willem Dafoe that, that, yeah, that gaunt appearance, glass cutting jawline.
0: Yeah. Cheek that's bones. a really good point.
1: Yeah. There's a look that gaunt. Yeah. Gaunt kind of, it's a little Skeletor kind of action, I guess.
0: Yeah. It looks like, looks like maybe he's been maybe he's an English knight and he's been marching on Scotland for far too long. He's got that, you know, they wear the chainmail coif and it, they just look so gaunt and long faced. Mm. fucking weather. Living. What, that look. He looks like, if you put a chainmail coif on this guy and you stick him in the mud and give him a sword, totally works, right?
1: Yeah, That does.
0: gaunt English face. Like, I've been killing Scots for too many days in a row. <laughs> kind of shit. I love that. Love that.
1: Yeah. I like that too. I like it too. And mm-hmm. basically, the, the, episode kind of diverges here as Scully and Mulder take separate paths and they don't really, they don't come right, back together right. again for the rest of the episode. This is Scully's path and and Mulder's path. And we can, maybe we just kind of talk about these two, you know, the two main plots of this episode that they, they pull away. I mean, I guess you could argue Mulder kind of follows the main plot, but Scully has a, Scully has a pretty major subplot, which this is really just laying the seeds for something that's going to become an even bigger thing going yeah. forward. To the show before we do that, can I ask you? Have Please. you ever heard of Project Azorian? I've heard of it, but I could not recall the details. Well, I immediately thought of it um, when we kind of learn about the Azores. These. No, it's actually oh, okay. not. I don't know. Where, I don't know where the name came from, um, but it was a uh, operation back in the Cold War in the seventies. And I thought about it when it was this whole talk about, you know, and this is getting a little bit ahead in the episode, when they found out these ships that they were tracking, these satellite photos had gone, and there was this talk of a, you know, possibly recovering a a sunken ship, but then maybe it was something else, and that ends up being the whole thing is the the thought that this ship brought back this UFO that we we see later on. But Project Azorin was a real fucking thing. A Soviet sub sank um, Hmm. in the Cold War, and the U.S. got the intel on it. The Soviets couldn't find it. And they built this fucking ship from scratch or modified it heavily. And it went out there and it had this, it was basically, it looked like a a cargo ship with these weird towers. And uh, it basically played like the Pac-Man or not the Pac-Man, the grabber game you play like uh, when you're waiting to sit down in a restaurant to pick up a Soviet submarine off the fucking shore. What? I mean, off the, off the, off the ocean floor. So these giant, they find the thing. These giant arms went down. This is all custom built. And the whole thought in was white? to- And what year again? Uh, I pulled something. 74. Damn, dude. 1974, the Hughes Glomar Explorer. Fuck. Cost about $4 billion in today's dollars. And the idea was to recover the Soviet submarine intact and especially had fucking live nuclear missiles on board. Sure, sure plus all the crypto, all the other shit. Um, and they act, it actually worked. The only thing that happened, the sub broke up, um, or, or I think maybe it was one of the arms of it. Like one of those claw arms broke and the sub broke and broke part. So I I think it's been confirmed that they did recover part of it. I mean, this is not like a conspiracy theory. This is a real fucking thing you can read about. And I remember watching a, uh, like a history channel documentary about it like years ago. And I'm like that, I mean, that is fucking wild shit. Mm, that's wild. Just wild. And that's what I thought about with this whole thing like, this ship going and recovering this thing from the ocean I, floor and it ends up being a UFO. It's fucking, fucking cool, man.
0: I, and I love the whole process of tracking that down. Like, I like talking to the harbor master, if that's what in fact he is, and being like, listen, we're looking for the salvage ship or whatever. And it, it just tracking down a ship that you know is at a certain place that ties back to the larger investigation is just very, very interesting. Yeah. It's cool, man. And I like that. Like, it's, you know, when he was walking around here, I was reminded of season two of The Wire, dude. Oh, like, around
1: the docks and the-
0: Yeah, like, the fucking can- t- tin can full of dead girls shit and having to talk to this guy and tracking a ship's whereabouts and then talking to the guy and then being like, wow, well, let me look a little bit further at this and that's just cool. But- Obviously, this has much more, less of a law enforcement application, much more of a cloak and dagger application. And like you said, Freelance Mulder, like that's got to be a new nickname for him because <laughs> fuck, man, he is Freelance Mulder running around with his sidearm and, and an ankle piece. And he's off the fucking grid. You know, he's he's going places like he, everything he does is inadmissible in court. Right. Right. The, the, because- a, a defense team would crucify him. He has no warrants. He's just pushing into spots he has no business pushing into. But that's what's exciting about it is like his, we've we've talked about Mulder quite a bit as of like, as we had a very Mulder centric episode, but this idea of his constant pursuit for the truth, he's a crusader for the truth, capital T. And he just pushes and he pushes. And he's like, well, he doesn't like, he is more interested in knowing the truth than he is about prosecuting somebody. Isn't that cool?
1: Like, Absolutely. that's what makes
0: him such an interesting character.
1: Yep. I mean, there's no there's no crime he's looking into. Like, he doesn't right. give a shit about the dead guy. No. At totally. Rattel Productions. This is no. not about that. And yeah. this is a great follow-up to Ubulette, where we talked about the contrast of, like, Mulder in that episode having so much empathy for the victim. And now we're back to Crusader Mulder. Um, right. And this, yes, the capital T Truth. And, it, the, I mean, that's what... We can just talk about this whole arc from, from here to the end for Mulder of, you know, there's there's a lot of kind of action pieces and sneaking around and looking at stuff and coming back into a, a ransacked apartment and Skinner, and, uh, the the unknown, sometimes allies, sometimes not sitting in the shadows. and that's the most broken dagger
0: shit ever. You come to your house and then a man you have a tenuous alliance with is sitting in the dark next to, you know... <laughs> And you're like, ah, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. A bummer. But you know, we're talking a lot about we're talking a lot of, a lot about our man Mulder, and I think, in my personal opinion, he he has a little bit more of an interesting arc because he's not sitting in a room full of fucking Allentown fours. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? I saw a six in there. There is a six in there.
1: Kind Probably of a weird the haircut.
0: Ma- but- the, yeah, the six has the weird haircut, but definitely looks that's a that's a starfish right there. You know what I'm saying <laughs> just, just just nothing behind those eyes. starfish, starfish, baby. ever seen a starfish do no. anything enthusiastically? Nope, <laughs> you sure haven't
1: you know in the old it, its it's in the old human touch tank of the alien experience <laughs> hell yeah, plier yeah, um, and you're right, I mean it's not how it it, it it you could argue I guess you could argue it suffers or could suffer. You know, because it's a lot of talky-talk and a lot of, like, kind of heavy dramatic stuff on Scully's end without a but, lot of action. Can I butt it? Butt it. But I'm just saying, in comparison to, you know, what we see at Mulder, it's all action. It's action, 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 action. Um, yeah. So, yeah, put your butt up on me.
0: Let me let me butt it up. Let me let me butt this shit hard. Here it goes. I do like Jillian Anderson's—this is something I really like about Gillian Anderson. And her portrayal is— Scully especially. Sorry. Moved away. I guess I shouldn't have. But um, there's this moment where, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. I'm going to go back to um, Beyond the Sea where her desire, where, where there's enough evidence to titillate her enough to stick around and how that just compromises who she is as a person. In as far as she's concerned, we don't care. We love Scully, right? Yeah. Like we see her staying and listening to them despite herself. And- it's really hard to show me that with an actor and she just does it so well. Like she's like, because she's always the one pointing out the obvious faux pas and the logical failures of Mulder's thinking. And she's right, even though he ends up being right accidentally a lot of times, but where they're just like, Oh no. And she's like, this isn't right. And then, but she's compelled. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. She's compelled enough by the evidence to listen and, and it brings back a very important subplot to her, which is this whole point of being missing and the baby and all that shit.
1: Right. It becomes, I mean, it's the crazy cool thing about watching it is that, you know, Scully goes into this professionally and as a good partner, indulging Mulder in one of his fucking things. And, you know, she probably like, okay, once there's a dead body and this list of names, like, okay, this does deserve some looking into but then it very suddenly and very unexpectedly becomes super personal. Yes, and exactly. This path she walks down of like skepticism and disbelief and trying to like hold her guns of like, it doesn't make any sense. You don't know me. You wouldn't know me. I've never been here. I'm not part of your little fucking book club here or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's creepy.
1: And then when the facts, when the, these weird quinces start to add up and. The talk of abductions, they just ask her, like, have you had any kind of unexplained events or disappearances or whatever? And God, then they show the, the fucking implants. They all, I guess they just walk around with those in their pocket. They're <laughs> the little chip. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> ladies, ladies, we got another convert coming into our weird-ass unfuckable <laughs> gatherings Quote uh, cult. <laughs> so can you do me a favor? <laughs> On cue,
1: pull out your medicine bottle of your thing. It's like the opposite of every other cult where like it's just a creepy dude fucking every woman. (laughs) It's, dude, it's
0: the antithesis of cults as we know it. It's a bunch of unfuckable ladies. (laughs) That's dark. Oh my god, I cannot wait to write a scathing review of this episode because every woman is beautiful. None of these chicks are making it in Waco.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, shit. None of them get to bang the fucking hot David Gresh. That's for sure. Yeah. He's like, I don't,
1: I don't think you see the truth as I see it. Why don't you go to Allentown, Pennsylvania?
0: <laughs> it says right here sit down. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. I got this high register voice. Here's what I need from you, sisters. Get the fuck out. That's what he would say to them the fuck yeah. out. <laughs> it says here in Corinthians ugly gal, ugly gal shall not pass. (laughs) Search deep in your soul. Get beautiful. Do a couple of sit ups. You're not ready to receive the (laughs) seed. I hate to take upon the burden of fucking, but I ain't definitely fucking (laughs) y'all. Okay. You know what? You had some good ideas anyway, but, um, dude, but uh, can, can we talk about a whole wet foot molder? Can we go back to that? (laughs) <laughs> well wait let's wrap let me let me do you want to say a few more things about scully because i was just thinking of like that whole sequence is shot so well
1: i mean yeah i mean i just want to say this will <laughs> we don't have to talk a ton because this this subplot will become a much more major part of the show as we move forward right. Right. but i think that it's a credit more than anything to Gillian anderson and i think to the writing and direction of the show that in an episode which is has all this spy shit and all this cloak and dagger and this action and all the stuff that we kind of splooged about early on sure. that I don't think this stuff feels lost or boring or out of place. I think it's super interesting. And maybe that's just because we're, I know I am invested in Scully's character, yeah. but it's a hard, that's a hard balance to have kind of a slow beat in between here as we, we look back to this stuff. But you need you need someone like Jillian to pull it off, right? Yeah, and it pays off so much when she's kind of frantic and Mulder is so fucking dismissive, <laughs>
0: dude. Oh, she, I, they're you all sh- dying of cancer. Ah, you're fine.
1: <laughs> Mulder, what? It, he literally says, um, "I wouldn't worry about it or something." I I wouldn't freak out yet. Freak
0: out. <laughs> you know the chip that the government put in the back of your neck. This is classic Mulder, right?
1: We're talking about, we're talking about aliens and trains, Scully. I don't think you should freak out yet. (laughs) Fuck you,
0: Mulder. Listen, Scully, I don't mean to diminish your feelings, but aliens and trains are more interesting than a bunch of unfuckable spilling chips out of their neck.
1: (laughs) If only he had 10% (laughs) of the empathy for Scully that he did for poor old Waterhead. Oh, a little fucking sideways face. (laughs) Dude,
0: I'm telling you, a whole fucking water lung. That's bad news. You got to straighten your ass out, Mulder. Get it together or Skinner's going to whoop your ass.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't freak out yet.
0: Yeah, you're fine. Cool. But they're dying. Nah. Nah. You're fine. But I might be dying. Nah. I doubt it. You're fine, right? And she's like, I think so. Of course. Now she's got doubt. And he just, dude, he blows by it. He blows by that
1: pit stop. Yeah, but look at these pictures from World War II. (laughs) Yeah. I know you're concerned about the abduction you went through last year, the fucking baby and the, all the weird, crazy shit, and these women you just met with chips in their head like yours, and they're all dying of cancer now. Totally, totally. <laughs> but check this out. Check this out. This is from uh, look, look these Japanese 31 <laughs> 50 years ago.
0: <laughs> cool. Hey, cool, Mulder. Well, remember World War II and the Nazis? Apparently, these Japanese boys did not get the memo. Like that dude who was in the Philippines killing people till like the 60s or whatever the fuck.
1: Dude, and we'll, we'll, let's just now we'll jump back into the molder stuff and this whole thing of it. But when the whole wet foot molder? What's that? Oh, wet foot. Oh, wet work. Dude, he has to
0: get out of the water and slop around that fucking. Uh, I love that. I love that he's still there. He's like, think of the think of what you don't want to do. Engage in combat and or sneak around sopping wet with harbor with diesel filled harbor water all over your body in a suit in a suit with those yeah. shoes that's sloshing around old slosh foot Mulder?
1: <laughs> You're How are you going to sneak? Dude, dude, all I could think of was Chekhov and Star Trek 4. Oh, and, yes, man. When When they're trying to get away on the <laughs> on the nuclear vessel, the
0: nuclear vessel. Yeah, that's awesome, man.
1: Uh, yeah, but, and he comes across that cool fucking hangar with the lights and he's looking in the window and ugh, uh,
0: the shadow play here, the lighting is outstanding. Yeah. The window
1: it, shot that you used
0: on the Facebook group is fucking beautiful.
1: Great balance of like what you don't see. I mean it's some maybe some kind of craft, but it's so indistinct. Sure. But obviously we can jump to some conclusions. But again, that's where it's that's where the the times when I'm like, eh, on mythology is when it, it shows too much. Sure. And it's a balancing act because you can only draw it out for so long. Because eventually, you know, we got to fucking see the thing. Yeah, but- this
0: is always a challenge in, in shows where you're going to be pursuing leads, right? Yep. You, you They have to pay off eventually. And hopefully you can spend them into some sort of parallel uh, investigation. You know, it's it's almost like what The Wire was able to do. Obviously, it's a much different show because it's one case for a whole season, which I love, by the way. And then you spin it into the harbor and you start connecting the harbor back to some of these guys and the projects and season three you roll back. So it's cool. And and I like, so how that compares to something like X-Files is as you peel back layers of the onion, you have to eventually ensure that what lies underneath is also intriguing. Like, in other words, you want your answer to be satisfying and intriguing enough to propel you into the next story point. I like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm down. Um, Carmelita I think we get that in the chat,
0: if I may. Um, I really like the juxtaposition of Mulder's big picture story and Scully's very personal story. Amen. What a great yeah. way to just break it down.
1: What a great way to say in one sentence what I rambled about incoherently. For <laughs> I think we've been stumbling for an hour now. A minute and a half. Well, you're on a lot of CBD and whiskey, and I'm just kind of tired.
0: So, yeah. yeah. I haven't been hit with a goofy fucking laugh yet whole fucking goofy face. <laughs>
1: is that straight CBD or is that some one to one shit? No, no, no,
0: no. It's it. It's very low THC, but not very, no very, THC, very, very but not no THA, but not enough to not enough to get me. I don't think I took like a bunch of them, but I think I'd have to take a lot to really get fucking ripped. And I have no interest in ingesting weed. It's mm, too much. Too much. Little puff, sure. Ingesting, nah. <laughs> I can't deal with the uh, fucking hallucinogenic quality.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you high.
0: Really? Yeah, probably not. I don't, it's not, it's not a, it's not super comfortable for me. Mm. Much, as much as whiskey or drinking is for me. I'm terrible at it. Terrible. I My problem is, uh it's a, it's a panic bomb. You know, <laughs> somebody just tells me that's because the first time you did it, you fucked up, you did too much, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I know, but like, like I got time for that shit, man. I don't, mm. you know, but I'm totally for it. Like, go oh, nuts. I'm not like <laughs> a,
1: meh, meh. Right. Right. I'm no down fuck. do it go down with other people doing it it just doesn't go well for me
0: yeah I don't know what it is I think it's the introspection that I really don't need more of in my life
1: I would rather drink six IPAs and four bourbons and shut off my cognitive function but I still me feel too. like myself
0: yeah see when I drink I get real loosey goosey like oh, you're,
1: you're you're one of my all time favorite drunks
0: drink I'm gonna dance we're gonna fucking hang we're gonna have fun we're gonna laugh I'm not an angry drunk. Not at all. Mm. That's good. Right?
1: Yeah. Me, me but, neither. But yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, what else do we have to say about? Oh, by the way, speaking of Spycraft, those tiny little binos. Dude, though, fucking, I, I made fun <laughs> of them. But so I,
0: but I need you. I was like, what the fuck are these LabOM fucking opera going bullshits?
1: <laughs> <laughs> in but, my, in Josh fucking explorer josh watching x-files exploring the backyard and fucking wandering around the woods and thinking he's some kind of secret agent definitely had binos exactly that size along with a micro cassette
0: recorder okay i see the micro cassette recorder i still have one today but i definitely feel i would have dude i would have lost a bet i think i would get i would win most bets if some kind of behavior of yours was cropped up as the, (laughs) as the question, but I definitely would have lost. And I don't mean that in a negative way. And I, but, and I, and I 100% got this one wrong. (laughs) I would have guessed you had giant military field glasses. (laughs) And not tiny little, let's go watch Deflator mouse from the no. fucking upper deck. <laughs> fucking
1: bullshit glasses. This was kind of in between. <laughs> I had like an early fascination with the military and then later. I knew about your spy shit though. But yeah, I was kind of my spy mode and like smaller glasses are way more spy-like, right? It's true. Yeah, you're I right. Mean, I don't know if they really are, but it just felt that way.
0: If they would have been on that fucking dumb little stick, I would have shut the episode off. <laughs> If you pat him on a little stick, I would have been like, "I'm not doing it. Call it off. <laughs> Fucking abort." <laughs> podcast canceled. Ooh, man, podcast canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's on,
1: been fun, guys. Three and a half. On season. account
0: of unmitigated rage
1: <laughs> and nonsense, that's a good way to live. Do you know? Sorry, couldn't make it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> God damn it! That's awesome. Yeah, but the micro cassette recorder, I definitely, you definitely, dude, you must have, and I think I remember this. But maybe you were a little bit young because I met you when you were a freshman in high school. Yeah, yeah, maybe So maybe eighth when you grade, maybe the end maybe eighth grade summer. Yeah. and I think and I think before that though, before I knew you, I think you probably drove your mom mental to get <laughs> oh invis- my- disappearing ink. Did you ever get it? <laughs>
1: yeah, I totally did. <laughs> I fucking knew it. Come on now. You
0: totally bothered. Your mom was like, fucking fine. And went were, to a magic shop, which existed were, oh, back. Dude, in the day. there
1: was a nice dovetail between a very brief fascination I had with stage magicians yes. into my spy era. <laughs> so I had, I had the magic kit already, and I just fucking segued it right into my trade craft. Dude,
0: the eighties, listen, man, <laughs> the late eighties was a time of magician magicians, and I don't even mean like cool Gandalf, none shall pass magicians. But like Matt Trick, it was Trick Gum, the fucking uh, hand buzzer. Everybody on the planet in '89 was like the most harmless Joker. Everyone it, was like the most harmless Joker. Like, isn't it
1: crazy? I didn't get laid till I was a senior in high school. <laughs> That's shocking. <laughs> Are you
0: saying that your coattails didn't drag them in? Huh? <laughs> your upside down top hat hey, pulling rabbits quick, out.
1: One year later, that London fog trench coat I saved up for—I had that one too. Yeah, with my fucking skeleton frame <laughs> draped underneath it. <laughs> let I me tell you. Let me tell didn't you, didn't you what really reel
0: well. in the fishes, either. Let me tell you what really played well in the mall <laughs> when I had a trench coat on and a Punisher shirt after Columbine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Shit. know your audience
0: <laughs> let me tell you oh, i was boy. fucking batting them off they were just oh, bras were hitting me in the face <laughs> as i walked past as i walked past spencer gifts fuck man uh, fuck that's brutal. tough
1: tough, tough but tough. no magic here just straight aliens baby straight aliens yeah so i don't know i mean i guess to to sum up this whole Thing with Mulder, I mean, I I don't think we have to break it down sequence by sequence, but just cool, man. We talked all about it the the fucking looking at the ship and then coming back. Mm. We talked about the interaction with with uh, Skinner and the in his apartment at getting ransacked that they were looking for the briefcase. A thing I did want to add into it uh, is the interaction with Senator Matheson. Math, Math, I
0: think, yeah, um, uh, yeah. We didn't talk about him at all.
1: No, and that is, dude. <clears throat> That is cool, ass. He's kinda. a good actor. This guy. He's a great actor and cool cloak and dagger. And that's right. He's coming. He's a fucking senator. Yeah. A so we're getting senator. up there in, in the power rankings. Yeah, I think we first see him in Little Green Men. I think. Yeah. Right. Yep. And it and it gives some credibility. And again, you don't have to like make it super believable because it's what Mulder does with his career is crazy. But the idea that Mulder has a powerful ally, does give some credence to like why do the exiles exist? Why is he allowed to fucking keep this thing going on? Right. Um it's dude, he's kind of buddy buddy with Senator. The this guy if not buddy buddy, this guy who's somewhat looking out for him or looking out for what he is doing that is kind of a patron of of this pursuit. And he gives him these names and that's where this whole unit seven thirty one comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me just tell you and I'm sorry. Because I, I know they're your people, bro. But the it, Japanese got off way too light from World War <laughs> You drop a couple A bombs on a couple <laughs> cities, and all of a sudden we have to, like, all hands loose. You got to be all hands off. You can't, like, you know.
0: I'll tell you what, though. I don't know. I don't know. It might be insensitive to say this, but I almost feel like there was a bunch of business
1: degrees in those bombs because I'm fucking guys
0: crushed after that.
1: <laughs> they it, crushed it. It did well with pacifism. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking nuts if you think about, like, I don't know jack shit about Japanese culture. I've never been there. Don't know Me anything either. about it. But just, you know, I know a little bit about history bit. and like yeah. how indoctrinated not just the military, but the Japanese public was. I mean, you're talking about a country that was almost like entirely made up of people that were just willing to die for the cause and for the emperor or whatever right. <clears throat> to... A almost complete pendulum swing of like pacifism in right. in it's the point now where fucking seventy years later they're trying to like rewrite their constitution to like send support for a like a military mission in in like Afghanistan and the Middle East. Like I mean, it's fucking wild. Yeah, and, and
0: and I think a lot of it comes from, you know, when we talked about the last samurai in the science fiction film podcasts, we had a guy who had lived in Japan as a Japanese wife, blah blah blah. He sent in a lot of very interesting stuff about, and he, he even like studies like Kenjutsu and fucking sword play and all this shit. Like he's just fucking deep into it. And he was talking about like how Bushido is such bullshit by a lot of standards. Like by like, it, it, a, a lot of it was myth, you know? Like yeah. it, it, in, in so much, because so many of like the samurai class were just brutal. Like it, it, the classism was brutal. And it wasn't like, oh, we're honorable. And, and some guys were. And like, it's almost like, you know, we talk about falling into your own um, legend of yourself. And, and it did spawn people who probably did think more romantically about it than what a lot of historians say about it. And um, it, it just makes me think like, you know, the end of The Samurai was a real thing. And that, like, that's something the movie kind of hints, hints at thematically, even if it doesn't co- cover with great history. <clears throat> but this idea of like, these warriors, we don't need you guys anymore. And yeah. it's like,
1: oh, fuck. For my limited um, understanding, because it was never a, a focal point. I mean, I did do a lot of history, but the, the whole idea of the samurai is very similar to, to knights in Western culture, where mm-hmm. we have yep. this idea of knights and chivalry. And it's not like that wasn't a thing, but if you look at a lot of reality Some if, were, knights, some mo- a lot weren't.
0: Yeah. Hey, a lot of raping. <laughs> that's, why, that's why Game of Thrones is so good. That's why Game of Thrones is so good. Yeah, because you're like, oh, they're they're knights, they're sir, and I'm like, yeah, this ain't fucking Dragonlance, bro. <laughs> like these are real men who live in in the times where men routinely die in piles of their own piss and shit. So
1: yeah.
0: brutality is how you live. Like, I think how tough fuckers fuckers had to be back then. Yeah, different world. Oof. But um, but yeah, and I think it, it also became the thing. Like Japan, Japan was probably like, hey,
1: we we want to like the world's pretty gigantic. Come to find out. And, it's just so weird. I mean, they were so isolated, and then they, yeah. then they, they went from isolationist to imperialist like that, and then like right back. It's just this weird and always,
0: and always that. It's it's funny. I, I have such a disdain for collectivism, and <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it's brutal. I, I can't stand it. It's a it's an interesting dichotomy of your life. in Japanese, yeah. I I think I, to be perfectly frank, I think it's just. I think my own love for some of the things I hear about goes back to my childhood and it's very romantically it's rose colored romantic glasses about things like discipline and you know shit like dreams of sushi you know this this idea of working on this craft and and just dedicating yourself to it with very little getting very little back from it other than the discipline and the in the the pride of doing it well without any promises there's something i don't know There's something admirable about that mindset but the reality is it's just not it, it's like anything it's like it's like talking about cowboys i'm like yeah that's wyoming the fucking country's huge you know it's like there's no it i know and obviously at this point speaking of living up your own reputation it's almost become that with me it's more of a joke than anything because the older i got the more i saw the subtleties of of us as as human as little fucking shaved monkeys Do you know what and i our think? stupid bullshit what
1: I think you just want to wrap a couple hands around the shaft of Ken Watanabe's katana. I
0: might grip it. Tell you me, know. how powerful am I? Real powerful, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tashiro Mifune first, and then Ken Watanabe second. Uh, uh, yeah. Mifune's hey. long gone, though. Mm. Long gone.
1: Ah, oh, good shit, buddy. Um, Yeah, actually, Local Audrey in the chat said the same thing. Isolationism for centuries will do that for you. Collectivism is insane.
0: Oh my god! We're on the fucking same wavelength. Must be all that Call of Duty. Boom. Local Um, Audrey doing
1: that? Mixing that up with you?
0: Yep, she dives in there with Scotticus and a couple other listeners. Um,
1: Chris and a few others have been
0: jumping in. It's been cool. Good shit. So, (laughs) um,
1: no no true cloak and dagger excellence of X-Files would be complete without my boy, hmm. my man X coming into X. here. This dude rules. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this is a great cliffhanger. Another well
0: shot scene, right?
1: Ugh, yes. The lighting,
0: the soft lighting around him, the lights behind him,
1: the, the darkening effect in front of him. It's just cool. Yeah. It's badass, and he's so good here. And it's a great, like suddenly, you know, there's been these kind of two separate plots going on and a little bit of back and forth um, but kind of, you know, things kind of proceeding not on any set timeline, and then suddenly you have a very like Mulder is about to jump on a fucking train. Yes. X is there telling Scully to tell him not to do it. She tries to tell him, and then he just fucking goes. And it's a very cool way to bring it all back together and wrap up a cliffhanger and uh leave us right uh leave us wanting more.
0: Amen, brother. Do you understand? He's telling her, and she's just It's funny watching, you know, Scully is so good at handling herself and she's so assertive and I really appreciate that about her. And then there's just the reality of the power dynamic with a man like X. Yeah. I mean, she's not afraid to say like, I don't trust you. And, but it's just like her face when he's being blunt with her and just watching her go like, oh boy.
1: The difference between X and Deep Throat, I mean, a very different performance, a very different personality, a very different character, but also we've seen X cold-blooded kill before. Yeah.
0: You would say if you break it down into uh, no in certain game terms one relies on intimidation one relies on persuasion yes right yep. I would say X is more, much more of an intimidator oh yeah does it well he does whereas Throat had that sort of suave attitude about him and and such a vast knowledge of things he would just put he was just so good at rhetoric like he could put forth yep. an idea and you're like, well I can't really refute this and you're just charming enough to make me go
1: Get in the car with you, I guess. Yeah, he you know? kind of cultivated like a kind-hearted nature, which only yeah, 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 occasionally yeah. had an edge on it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Good shit, brother. All right. Uh, in lieu of listener comments this week, um, since kind of just talking sort of back and forth about the episode, wasn't a lot of direct commentary on it. We have a listener question, Dean. Ooh. From Amy Nicole Gonzalez. Gonzalez. What's up, Amy? Thanks for the question. She says, uh, if... The X-Files show didn't exist. What episode, in our opinion, do they think could have been a great two-hour theater-released movie with widespread great reviews? And I wow, I, I think you powerful. would answer that whether or not the show did or did not exist. I think you could, you know, because they did make movies.
0: Um, a box office success. That's an interesting part of the equation.
1: Well, yeah. Well, box... Widespread great reviews, I guess, is interesting. oh okay. Then, then maybe
0: that doesn't necessarily equate to box office success. Transformers is a great example. But Transformers <laughs> Five yep. made a boatload of fucking money.
1: Yeah, but uh, what's that? Uh, car driving fast? Fucking, they made like twelve of them. The car that drives fast, McLaren. No, no, the fucking Vin Diesel. Oh, that, the that whole movies. series. F- f-
0: fire! Fire! Fire Fast. Fire, what the fuck? Fast flying. and Furious? Fast and yep. Furious. Fire fast. What the fuck? I'm so dumb. and a brain fart there. Jesus, fire fast. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. No? Isn't that isn't that a suitable answer? That's good. All right. So we'll see you back in two weeks. <laughs> Thanks. Glad it's fun. Awesome, Dean. <laughs> you rule. You're a good podcaster, though. Um can you can you lead this and I'll follow? <laughs> sure. Because it's, yeah, yeah it's,
1: it's far um, off. Yeah. So uh, I would actually, thinking back to the poll we talked about, I think a very interesting one would be Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose.
0: Mm, motherfucker.
1: And I'm not sure, I'm not sure it could exist in a vacuum. I'm not sure that would be an acclaimed movie without the X-Files existing as a show, without any kind of background to Mulder and Scully. Cause I think a lot of the, a lot of the episodes that I kind of first popped to mind were, were standalone monster of the week, like classic, like ice and squeeze when irresistible. Um, those are the kind of things I was thinking about, but I think that I think there was a, a cinematic quality to it. I think that, character was just so great and how he played off Mulder and scully in such a different way and you know i mean it's it's such an endearing episode sure of 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 the show that you know i don't i don't think that filling that out you know and and you could even incorporate more more action with with the killer you know sure it, it could have been drawn out more i think without without making it feel bloated, I think there could have been a lot more to the steps they had to, to track down the actual killer. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say Clive Bruckman's. Awesome. Now, is, can you repeat the question? Uh, if the X-Files show didn't exist, what episode, in your opinion, do you think could have been a great two-hour theater-released movie with widespread great reviews? If it
0: didn't exist, that's key. That's key
1: to the question. In, I, in a very, I completely ignored that part of it because I didn't want to have yeah. to consider it.
0: I mean, ice <laughs> is the thing, so I, you can't use ice, right? It kind of already exists.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah, and I I think if it was a movie, it would have drawn even more comparisons to the thing.
0: And I think you could do this. I think you do this in a way. This ex, my I have. Can I give two answers? Yeah, there's no rules. All right, cool. Um, I'm going to say number one. And because it's a movie, some things may get changed a little bit and expanded upon, right? We're talking about a ninety minute episode versus the one we got, which is forty something. So twice as long if they had Two twice hours. as much to- Two hours. Okay, good, good, good. I'm gonna say paper hearts.
1: Ooh, I like that. I like um, that.
0: I think that could work really well with a super climactic ending. Like him dusting that guy at the end is so impactful. And you could do it in a really good way of 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 Mulder being led around by this thing. And, and I'm trying to think, you've never seen the show before. You don't need to. It doesn't exist. And it's about these federal agents and this guy, you could establish his background a little bit. Um, so that's, that's my answer just because I feel like from a procedural standpoint, it would work. But cinematically, I don't, I don't know if we get great reviews. This is why I wanted to give it a secondary shot. But cinematically, triangle. Ah, uh, I think you could probably do it if you marketed it the right way. Do you know what I'm saying? Would you do a black and white? Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Huh. Maybe. Maybe you could. But you might be able to pitch it as an art house kind of. I mean, but it has a fun element to it. Like, I feel like you could drop that. Like, that would almost work in the 80s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it has, like, almost a fun adventure element to it yet. Sorry about that. I don't know why my watch is talking. But, um, but yeah, I I think Triangle is just very cinematic. The ships, the outfits, the costumes— the Nazis, it always plays well. Um, yep. and, I, and I think you could do it in a way. The problem is, is you sit down in a movie theater and you're like, wait, what these people are traveling in time? Like, it, I'm not sure how you would set the precedent. That's why Paper Hearts works out of the gate, but. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, Paper Hearts or Clyde Bruckman's really rely more, those are more like character pieces or. Totally. Paper Hearts is like a thriller, like a crime thriller. Right. And Clyde- Michael Mann could direct it. Right. Clyde Brockman's is kind of a playful, weird drama, yeah, bittersweet yeah. kind of, there's a weird thing going on there. I would right? like
0: to see it on the silver screen. I'm just not, gnar- I'm not sure it satisfies the criteria of the question for great reviews.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I think but some, people are saying, s- po- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Put shit on a boat. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. boat, interesting, you know, parallel time stuff without getting cute on the time travel. Bermuda Triangle <clears throat> is, is once upon a time held some interest. Dude, that was the shit. Yeah. You know, it's funny about this stuff, dude. I was just listening to a podcast today, and they were talking about the era of the shock jock. You know, Opie and Anthony, when Howard Stern did not completely sell out. And there was like this idea of live catching of insanity, like crazy shit, crazy characters, insane things happening, saying Mayor Menino is dead. I, I mean- people fucking in churches, girls naked in the studio. And the shock jock was killed by the internet, right? And I almost feel like there's a lot of things that get thrown in that bucket. And I almost think like Bermuda Triangle and shit like that, like there's a fucking internet. And it, and it just sort of pulls back the veil on so much of the mystery of some of these things. Like the internet meaning like, you know, two girls, one cup exists. So, and that's disgusting. And no, I haven't watched it because I'm not, I refuse to play that game. But you're not going to, a shock shock can't compete with that, right? Sure. It doesn't matter if you have a girl in the studio riding a Sibian anymore. Like it, that's not going to, like it, that's not going to work for Howard Stern. And a, because he's 60, but B, because it's just not like that, that we have everything. We can just look it up the craziest shit ever. Like, wow, a car fly, a tire flies off this car and kills a guy or a bull fucking. It's like all the crazy shit that happens. I don't know. I'm just reaching, but and I feel like the Bermuda Triangle is one of those things. And so I just feel like some of that stuff has doesn't have the interests. Like, you know how we were saying like magic tricks? Like, that's not even a joke. That was a thing. <laughs> that was a what thing. It's not a thing anymore. Like, no. kids don't give a fuck about magic tricks and whoopee cushions. That's ridiculous. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, good. good so, I don't know. In it- other
0: words, Triangle probably won't work, but I do want to see it on a big screen. With a director just pumping into that fucking cinematic.
1: I love that answer, dude. There's so many good ones. I mean, I think Pusher, some of the ones people have said oh, in the chat. God, Dreamland One and Two, Tombs, Drive, dot com. Boy. Yeah, I think there's they're out there. So that's cool. Awesome. So we're gonna do something. We um, mentioned this before. So uh, have an idea for possibly a little a little giveaway over the next couple few episodes. Give a little um, away yeah for for a listener comment of the week that we select so um, send think of your you know think of your question about the show about a character about whatever uh, send it on on in BP is gonna uh, sift through these and and we'll we'll pick one out so you can email uh, at uh, send it to lsgxfbff at gmail.com that's lsG X files BFF. so lsgxfbff at gmail.com. Uh, direct message on Twitter at the X-Files pod or, uh, Facebook messenger, um, BP on, uh, Facebook. Obviously he's on the group there right and, uh, let's see if we can't get you something. That's uh, the
0: shit right there, pal. So what episode are we doing in two weeks? Seven Two weeks. Oh yeah, of course. That was a dumb question.
1: <laughs> two weeks.
0: Really dumb question. So, yeah. All right. Well, in the spirit of X-Files and Joshua, why don't you do me a favor? Tell these good people goodbye.
1: Kanichiwa, motherfuckers.
0: You've been listening to The X-Files Podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net.